0: This is WFG Insights, your download on the real estate market, featuring industry experts, thought leadership, and what's trending, keeping you informed and ahead of the market. WFG founder and executive chairman Patrick Stone is back with us as rates rise and the housing market cools slightly. Are we in for a reality check? And how can we manage our business in these uncertain times? Patrick, thanks for joining us. You know, a year ago, even a few months ago, uh, nobody, including you, predicted the 30-year fixed rate would be at 5-plus percent. And now some industry followers uh, on bank rate are predicting the benchmark could be up to 6.5 percent by Uh, (laughs) mid-year. That is crazy. What's your forecast?
1: Well, it's really hard right now to have certitude about anything, uh, principally because of the Russia-Ukraine war I think had that not occurred, we'd actually be in a declining interest rate environment right now because both supply chains and stimulus have abated dramatically. Uh, The supply chain index, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Goldman Sachs, and they have a supply chain index, and it was maxed out at 10 for quite a while. Actually, even through December of last year, it's down to six right now. Now, that's not normal. Three or four would be normal. So it's still got a ways to go, but we've seen a definite loosening in the supply chain constriction. And then also the stimulus that caused a lot of the inflationary pressure has abated. Uh, You know, we had a tremendous input of dollars into the economy because of COVID. That's gone now or, or, or lessening. I say it's the stimulus is gone. The impact is lessening. Let's put it that way. So you have the two major factors that contributed to inflation uh, declining. And I think interest rates would have been declining right now had not Russia invaded Ukraine. The Russian invasion of Ukraine obviously created some problems, especially in energy exports of certain grains, uh, sunflower oil, so forth and so on. There's enough impact from that war plus the uncertainty around that war uh, that it has caused uh, inflation to stay high. Will it get to six and a half? I don't think so. Does it still could it still go up a little bit? Yeah, maybe, maybe five and a half. Uh, I'll be surprised if it goes over five and a half, but I could be wrong on that.
0: How does the Russia-Ukraine war directly impact mortgage interest rates? Can you explain that for us?
1: Well, it impacts inflation, and inflation impacts interest rates. Okay, so I mean, it's just a it's a cause and effect basic uh, basically. So we have a very high price of oil now because of the russian ukraine war and that's not gonna come down easily, right? So, and that really hurts because that creates inflationary pressure and that impacts lower income people more than high income people, obviously. Uh, The restriction on grain exports and some of the impact on the overall European economy is causing inflation and inflation causes interest rates to go up. So uh, it just was a, it was a, really unfortunate circumstance at the wrong time.
0: You know, gas prices were already pretty high prior to uh, that conflict. Obviously, they went much higher after that. I mean, there was inflation in the economy prior to the Russia conflict. You're saying that wouldn't have had any impact on rates?
1: No, the, the inflation prior to the Russian conflict had driven rates up. But rates would have started to come down had it not been for the conflict. OK, the conflict prolonged the pressure, upward pressure on rates, exacerbated the problem. Had the Russian-Ukraine conflict not happened, we would also already see rates starting to trend downwards. But they're not because of that
0: conflict. Wow. You yeah, you've been very clear that the next recession will not be housing led. We've talked about this quite a bit. Uh, thanks to low inventory better credit quality we're not going to have a blow up obviously uh, that said you know we have the inflation here we have rising rates we have to deal with uh, buying power is obviously impacted uh, we have a recession looming many experts calling for this in the next 12 to 18 months maybe sooner um, so it won't be housing led but the housing market will likely be impacted I guess the question is to what extent?
1: Well, it'll be impacted by a decline in demand, but it will not be impacted by any sort of collapse in prices or any sort of underlying product risk issues like we had last time. So I think you'll see a slowdown in the appreciation and maybe even the flattening of pricing. And there may be some areas where there's a little bit of a decline in pricing because demand goes down, but basically it will just slow the, it'll slow the housing market down. The hard thing here right now is the uncertainty around Russia, Ukraine and how badly it impacts the overall global economy and for how long. But uh, the idea of a recession is probably taken uh, taken hold at a lot of levels in the next 12 to 18 months. And uh, a re- recession will really lower interest rates and lower inflation because that's the impact of a recession. People become very conservative in spending dollars. And uh I think you'll see rates coming down before then, but that would uh, that would probably cure the inflation.
0: Yeah, that was my next question. You know, typically in a recession, uh the Fed can lower interest rates to stimulate the economy, but this time around we have inflation. It is raging. They they can't pull that lever. So um that would qualify as stagflation, right? I, I know it's not the nineteen seventies no. again, <laughs> no. But we're we're seeing these articles. No, no.
1: It, you know, look at having lived through it and tried to make a living during stagflation. Stagflation was a protracted period of non-growth in which inflation was the only way to raise prices and also to give raises or to increase your increase your profitability. So stagflation was a really unique circumstance. Was protracted non-growth or very minimal growth? in which people use price appreciation to give raises and to to show profits. A recession will lower the inflation rate dramatically. I think it'll be going down before the recession, but in fact, a recession will kill inflation.
0: Well, I asked that. Okay, maybe it's not stagflation. Maybe it's stagflation 2.0 because, you know, I see the headlines. I know that our audience, realtors, lenders folks out there see these headlines of stagflation. So that's why I asked the question, and maybe it's not the 70s or the 80s again, but you start to see in the mainstream media, you know, that that word comes out, and, and your clients see it, and you have to be able to explain that, right?
1: Yeah, and it's really being misused, okay? It is not, uh, there's no parallel be- between the 70s and what we're going through right now, none at all. So I think if you have uh, a recession, that will kill inflation. In fact, you're actually starting to see people become less aggressive in spending dollars already. You're starting to see purchases go down on goods. Services have opened up, so that's redistributed a little bit of the dollars now, so it's not all going into goods, and that will lower inflation. So I think you're gonna see inflation abate before the recession, and the recession will finish off the inflationary issue.
0: Yeah, I mean, no question about that. I mean, the U.S. economy actually contracted in the first quarter, right? What was it? Negative one point four percent.
1: One point four percent, and but it, most people expected to grow at about three percent in the second quarter. We'll see. Okay. But that was an aberration, mainly due to again the Russian-Ukraine uh, conflict and the uncertainty. The level of uncertainty right now is extreme extremely high because of that conflict. And it makes people more cautious, more conservative. And I don't think you'll see rates go up much from here because I do think inflation will abate from here.
0: You know, it's interesting. You mentioned that about buying goods. I mean, Amazon reported last week and the numbers were the worst that they've had, you know, in 15 years. Right. So, um, a lot of people tend to call it the Peloton effect, but we see this with Netflix. We see this with a lot of the you know, pandemic-related stocks that did very well, obviously, when everybody was locked down. Now, even Amazon struggling with supply chain issues, fuel costs, the fact that people now – I've been through the airports. I know you have, Pat. I've never seen it that busy. Right. I haven't either. It's crazy. People are out traveling in spite of higher airfare. I mean, there's kids and families and business. The airports are packed. Right. So the fact that anybody would say that stimulus that was issued even you know two years ago, people save that they're out spending that they spend it on goods. Now they're spending it on travel because everybody wants to get out.
1: Yeah, I think the motivation for travel is uh, basically being locked down for two years. I don't think it's necessarily tied that closely to stimulus. The the tremendous spending on goods was tied to stimulus. So the the impact of that stimulus is abating, um, and you know I think you will see uh, you know and, and again. Um, You know, the supply chain issues are starting to abate. So had it not been for the Ukraine war, I think we would be on a definite downward trend on interest rates. I do think interest rates are close to a high because of this.
0: Yeah. So the next recession, whenever it happens, whenever it happens, what does that look like? It's not housing led. Is it tech led? Is it is it a pullback in the tech industry? What do you see as the cause of the next recession?
1: I think a global slowdown in the economy. You know, we, uh, we people do people still don't understand that we are a we, globalization has occurred, and we are very dependent on the global economy. Uh, it is a tremendously large part of American business. So I think that the slowdown in the global economy will be will be the cause of the next recession. That and people getting conservative because of uncertainty. And I don't see it being a horrific recession or a prolonged recession. Uh, it is going to be a reaction to the uh, to the uncertainty, global uncertainty and the slowdown in the global economy.
0: OK, so I think we all agree there there are bubbles everywhere right now, uh, some more than others. And, and some of those bubbles have had some of the air released out of them over the past few weeks of the stock market, obviously, uh, cryptocurrency. We saw SPACs. That's wound down quite a bit this year. And I want to talk about housing and come back to this with inventory so low and supply chain still messed up. I mean, the builders we talked to are still, you know, a a quick sell home is is a year, (laughs) you know. So if I say there's a housing bubble, I don't want to equate it to, you know, Two thousand seven or two thousand eight. Okay, that's that's not what we're talking about. But if the answer is yes, that there is a bubble in housing, and we have rising rates and additional inventory over the next year or so, could those factors let the air out of that balloon slowly?
1: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna poke at you a little bit here, please because do, because I I think the definition of a bubble doesn't apply to housing. I don't think it's an artificially inflated price range it is a demand driven price uh, increase and uh, it is it reflects a basic change in people's uh, desire to control the environment in which they live so i don't see this really being a bubble have prices appreciated yes will prices level out and maybe even go down a little bit yes but it won't be a bubble effect where you have a sudden dramatic drop because the air is let out of the balloon. This is not the same situation as before with regard to housing. I do think that uh, prices will level out in a lot of markets, but I don't see a bubble bursting, if you will.
0: Okay. So we're saying the same thing. I just, you know, in terms of the definition, I I should call it a housing balloon, not a bubble. (laughs) that we can let the air out of. So that's what I'm saying is that, you know. Well,
1: no, it's, but, but Brian, my, my point that I'm going to pick at you on here is that this is demand-driven. Yep. This is not an artificially created environment in which we lured people into buying homes by giving them a stated income loans or other crap like that. This is actually a demand-driven uh, uh, price appreciation. So will it abate or level out? Yes. Will the air go out of the balloon? No.
0: Would that demand have been as demanding if rates weren't 3%?
1: It wouldn't have been as demanding if people hadn't gone through a pandemic and realized owning a home is a critical part of being alive and controlling your family environment. That's what drove this. Uh, Lower rates are a byproduct of globalization. If I have any fear economically right now, it is that we may see some deglobalization, which I'd hate to see because globalization basically lowered rates over the last 40 years. Um, and low rates were a result of being able to buy products, services, and everything at a very, very minimal cost because we were a global economy. Uh, should that go away, uh, then you'll have a problem.
0: I love it when you get lathered up like this. I mean, this is
1: <laughs> this is what we're here for,
0: right? You can poke at me all you want. Bring it on. I'll, I got lots of stupid questions for you. Um, no, and, and I had just ask that because you know to put our audience in the position of a potential home buyer, you know, we're in that scenario right now. We've been on the sidelines and, and you go, okay, well, let's face it, people say, man, that home is eight hundred thousand dollars. And gosh, you know, it was five hundred thousand dollars. So consumers oftentimes will wait and, you know, they read a headline or whatever. And I, I'm trying to help position this for the real estate agents out there the professionals say, okay, here's why this is the way it is. And yeah, that to, to your point, what you just said, that valuation, that price point, it that may moderate, but it's not happening next month or next quarter. You're talking with inventory and supply chain issues. It could be a couple years or more until inventory catches up with demand. Is that right?
1: Oh, I think at least a couple of years, I believe there's about 1.78 million homes started uh, on an annual basis right now, which is a very high level. Highest level has been in about, uh, what, 15, 16 years. Yeah. So um, I, I think that we have a tremendous amount of home building going on. I think that will continue for the next three to five years. I think you will see more starter homes, which has basically been missing, if you will. Uh, I think I've said before on your program that you go back to 1980, 40% of all homes being built were starter homes. In 2019, it was 7%. Yeah. So, I mean, we basically eliminated starter homes, which is one of the reasons we have a, a price problem for a lot of people. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of starter homes come onto the market in the next couple of years. So that will provide supply at a more reasonable cost level. And I do think that home building uh, in three to five years, that will get us back to a more normal market.
0: Okay. That's good to hear. That that's what people need to hear, right? Is you know, it, everyone's got their own personal financial situation, and, and for some, maybe they will end up waiting. Will we see any, I guess, innovation in the lending industry over the next couple of years? You know where I'm going with this, right? Now, I'm not saying the return of subprime by any stretch, but perhaps you know other loan programs that might make it more accessible for people to buy homes?
1: I think you will see some. You've seen the growth in non-QM uh, loans already. Um, and I think you'll see Wall Street get more involved again in the real estate market. Uh, you know, Wall Street has basically been absent from the, from the real estate market since the Great Recession and very reluctant to get back into it. But I think if Wall Street starts buying or securitizing loans, uh, that'll create more more of a market for uh, different types of loans we've been pretty much dependent on the GSEs for the last few years so uh do i see a little bit more variation coming into lending yeah but i think it'll be a lot more uh it'll be approached in a lot more cautious and rational manner than last time i don't think you're going to see stated income loans <laughs> or some of the other stuff that was occurring i mean we had a very high percentage of loans that were non-prime loans and uh, you know that's we got to get we we got to be smart about it. I think the lesson was learned, and I think that lesson is still in the back of a lot of people's minds.
0: Yeah. Well, when you say Wall Street and conservative, or it, you know, I have to say Warren Buffett just called out Wall Street for turning the stock market into, as he called it, a gambling parlor. Okay, so if Wall Street does get back into the lending game. Uncle Sam's going to be right there with them, I would think, in terms of, you know, regulatory and all that because of what happened last time.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not going to do stuff like they did last time where they uh, where they securitize subprime loans and and uh, stack, you know, stack uh, tremendous amounts of subprime loans into securitizations to get the interest rates up. I don't think you're going to see that again. No. no, I think that you will see a secondary market outside of the GSEs. But I don't see it being a crazy market at all.
0: That's good. So let's shift over to the business side of the industry now. Uh, obviously, lenders right now are really feeling the pain uh, with refis off by some reports up to 90%. Um, Flagstar with layoffs, Rocket Mortgage uh, offering some early buyouts. Um, how is the title industry holding up? Is there enough purchase business out there uh, to you know, sustain Things at a, at a reasonable level? Where are you year over year compared to last year? And um, what advice would you have for independent title agents out there how to manage this over the next uh, year or so?
1: Well, I think the drop in refis and the, the uh, so far small drop in resales uh, it has created the need to adjust your expense level. I mean, it, it just the, the reality is. We do not create demand for our product in this industry. We are dependent on realtors and lenders to generate uh, demand for the product. And as that volume goes down, we have to adjust our expense level to, uh, uh, to be in line with the available business. So uh, everyone should be taking a real hard look at their, their expenses, line item by line item, and being really judicious about how they spend their money. There's too much uncertainty out there to take a gamble and say, well, I think this is gonna happen, so I'm not gonna do anything. Don't do that. Try to stay abreast of where the market is right now. The market has dropped significantly in volume because the decline in refis uh, and some decline in resales. So adjust to it and just keep adjusting to it. That's the only thing you can do and what you absolutely need to do. Don't sit back and wait or say, hey, I think this is gonna happen. I'm not gonna do anything. I wouldn't do that. I'd be very, very uh, immediate in making sure that your expense profile is in line with your revenue. Uh, do not get yourself upside down. Uh, you just don't know where this is going to go. So keep keep things in balance. Be really judicious about it. Take a look at how you can cut your expenses or how you can outsource things. Just be real smart about making sure your expenses are in line with your revenue.
0: You know, one thing uh, we have not talked about is you know the real estate industry as a whole, and you, you championed this for many years is you know solving the cost of originating a loan and you know this does fall on the lender side of the of the ledger, but it really it's an industry issue in terms of originating a loan, streamlining that process. the industry forever has just thrown people at whatever it may be. If we're you know things pick up, we hire a bunch of people, if things slow down, we lay them off, right? Now, do you think at this point where we are with technology, with what happened during the pandemic, with how we had to adjust to it, it's an opportunity to kind of refresh, right? Do you think that now would be the time the industry can get together on the technology piece to streamline this?
1: I think it's a matter of degrees Brian I think it is probably there's probably more conversations going on right now about integrations and about figuring out how to keep from rekeying data and eliminate time and errors there's probably more conversations going on right now that I have seen in my career is it is it universal no is it going to be is it going to be a profound change no will it be incremental improvement and reduction in time and cost yes uh, APIs have allowed people to integrate tremendously. Let's be real honest here. There's no way that we're going to go to a single operating system. There's too much sunk cost in various technologies. We are just operating with a lot of different technologies across all the participants. But APIs have allowed for a, lo- a level of integration we haven't seen before, and people are taking advantage of that. So a lot of lenders are having conversations with their, their uh their suppliers with their, their title companies with other suppliers to make sure that they can, uh, eliminate rekeying data and they can save time. So we are seeing a level of conversation I've never seen before. Is it going to be a profound change? No. Will it be an incremental improvement? Yes.
0: That's good to hear. And Hey, inside scoop. I know my good friend, Costa Ligris is coming out to see you here. So, uh, I, I, I'm excited to hear the outcome of that conversation. So maybe that'll be our next episode because uh, they've done some great things at Stavy So I want to focus on, uh, you know, residential to kind of close this up. Um, we always do. But I also want to flip it over to commercial as well. Uh, you know, everybody I know in commercial is screaming busy. You know, rates have gone up, but... Um, It doesn't seem like there's been any slowdown on the commercial side. And I know that encompasses so many different sectors, but generally speaking, how is commercial real estate doing right now? I think it's doing a lot
1: better than people thought it would, mainly because there's so much capital out there looking for a home, if you will. So people have bought uh, commercial real estate in a surprisingly aggressive uh, manner. Um, and I think uh, consequently, we have not had as much damage to the commercial some segments of the commercial real estate market as we anticipated. Uh, I think offices are still a little bit tenuous in some places. Uh, industrial is just crazy. I mean, it's just off the charts. Um, I, I don't think shopping centers are gonna do real well, but a lot of the commercial market will continue to benefit from the fact that capital needs a home. And there's a lot of capital out there looking for a home. So real estate is typically considered a safe place to invest capital. Uh, And then companies want to own their own properties. So um, we've had a, a surprisingly good commercial real estate market.
0: That's good to hear. Anything that we didn't touch on that you'd like to fire off?
1: Well, you know, the, the thing that is uh, the biggest concern I have, and I think everybody that's listening has, is just the level of uncertainty now is probably at an all-time high. I have, uh, in my career, rarely been in a situation where I had less certitude about what was going to happen. And so consequently, the one thing I encourage everybody is to take a step back, realize that there's no way to know for sure what's going to happen, Make sure you're prepared to deal with any circumstances up, down, or sideways that may occur. Lay out a plan how you're gonna deal with things. If things increase, what are you gonna do? If things decrease in volume or things get worse, what are you gonna do? Think this through ahead of time so that you're not reacting emotionally to the situation and that you have a plan that you can implement immediately because the uncertainty right now is just, is manifest
0: save your money, basically.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's another way of putting it.
0: Yeah. Well, great insight as always, Patrick. We appreciate you joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks to WFG founder and executive chairman, Patrick Stone, for joining us. And thank you for partnering with WFG.